It's August 23rd, 2020. Tonight, WWE is airing their annual SummerSlam, more like Bummer Slam. NBA playoffs, more playoffs, and more playoffs. Earl Thomas might be the newest cowboy. And Moesha, want to talk about it? Across the country and around the world, across the street and around the corner, this is Over the Culture. This is Over the Culture podcast, where you get to hear my spin on things I like, like music, sports, sports entertainment, movies, TV shows, and your mom. You also get to hear about things I don't like, like people who tag you in the comments of their own posts. Like, nigga, I see that shit already on my timeline. Thank you, though. What's up, everybody? I am your bastard of ceremonies, the one gig kid, Pat Stay Black, Alex Treblack, Reefer Sutherland, the most interesting blurred in podcasting, the troller of trolls, the prince of petty, Steve G. This is over the culture. You can kiss my ass right in the crack. Bubblegum, bubblegum, in a dish. When is my second stimulus? Yes. Fucker, talking about you, Donald Trump, Donald John. Are you gonna deport your wife when she divorces your punk ass? She don't like you, bro. I don't like you. Your wife don't like you. Your exes probably don't like you. That's why they're your exes. Bitch. She don't even wanna hold your hand. Everybody knows when the president comes off the fucking airplane. It's going to be camera snapping. And usually the president is holding hands with his wife. Not so much this past week. Get the fuck off me, Donald. Joe fucking ugly ass. Oh, by the way, hi. Hey, guys, I'm Steve. This is over the culture. Uh, yeah, I, I just I, I just want to get right into it. Um, yeah, Th- this is my show. Welcome. It's Sunday. Uh, it- it's not as hot. It's a little hot in my car. But yeah, I see some wind blowing. It's a beautiful day. This would be a great day to find the murderers of Breonna Taylor and arresting them. Uh, actually, they they can be found. I'm-, I'm sure they're out on a beach somewhere out in the fucking open living their fucking lives, their best fucking horrible shitty fucking lives, but yeah, what better time than now to arrest those fucking assholes, right, (laughs) am I right, right, Uh, maybe it's just me, I don't know, yeah man, so, I I go to this friendship gas station, there's this gas station called Friendship, and I get my munchie food, and there's this lady, I, I, I use the term lady loosely, uh, there's this person uh, named Marnie, Marnie, right, and Marnie has a really bad attitude, Marnie has a funky attitude, and I, I go in to get some slices of pizza, and I'm standing where the pizza is, and I say, hey, can I get two slices? So she's standing at the register, just gesturing me to come to the register instead of, instead of like opening her mouth or its mouth saying, Hey, uh, I could just ring you up first and then get the pizza. She just waves her hand, 
waves her hand like a slave owner summoning the slaves, the fucking house niggas to come into the house, come back into the house and tend to my children, tend to the kitchen, fucking sweep this floor. She's fucking waving her hand. So, like, I go over to, make, to pay for the transaction, whatever. And I, before I do that, though, I, I go to the, the the soda machine, the pop machine, to get my soda that I left, my pop that I left. And when I do that, she says, or it says, I don't like waiting. So by the time I get to the counter, I said, excuse me? And then it said, I, I'm just complaining. I, 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 I'm just complaining. I, I'm just complaining. I just and I, and I just sat there and just waited for this thing, this person to just fucking finish this transaction. So I, I, I put on my black Karen hat this morning. I made sure I got up this morning and went back to the Friendship gas station. Because I am a fucking customer and I will not be disrespected, Marnie. I put on my black Karen hat and went to Friendship gas station and I demanded to speak to a fucking manager. All right? Who is the person that works overnight with the short hair with the glasses? And the lady said, Marnie. So it's like, who do I need to talk to because I'm sick of the disrespect with Marnie? So they gave me a number to call. I called left a message and I told them that if I don't hear back from them by Monday, I will be calling back throughout the week so I can discuss Marnie because fuck Marnie and everyone just like Marnie. I told Marnie that I have not done anything disrespectful to you. So let's please keep it as such. Oh, well, I believe in that same thing because if uh, I, I made a post on Facebook saying, uh, you give respect and you should give respect back or something or something like, man, shut the fuck up, Marnie, and give me my chips with dip and my goddamn change, Marnie. Your, your parents knew you were going to be ugly, Marnie. It's an ugly fucking name. No hot chick. There's no fuckable woman named goddamn Marnie. We're going to name our child Marnie because it's the most unfuckable, most unattractive fucking name you can give a person with two X goddamn chromosomes. But I digress. Not really, though. Oh, so Moesha is on Netflix. I've been watching a lot of Moesha. I've actually I actually made it all the way through the series within a week. Um, and Moesha, I've realized, is not a good person. She's actually the worst character on the show. Uh, it's all about Kim, Team Kim, and it's very noticeable when Countess Vaughn, the actress who plays Kim Parker, uh, Moesha's best friend on the show, uh, or one of her best friends on the show, it's it's very noticeable that when she leaves to do her own spinoff show, uh, The Parkers, uh, that her presence is, or her absence is definitely felt. Um, now I'm going to talk a little bit more about Moesha later, but yeah, it's very, it's a very stand-up show. Um, it stands the test of time, but yeah, man, I, I really feel like with Netflix bringing the show back, it allows us to really dig deeper and be able to actually see 
Moesha Mitchell for who she really is. And she is stank. She's toxic. Okay? Just trust me on this. Now I'm trying to figure out what's the next show to binge watch. I need to get back in my Golden Girls phase. Yeah, one big room full of bad bitches. Team Sophia over here. You know what, man? I I don't like when on Facebook a friend will make a post and then within that post they'll comment and tag your name within the post as if you won't see that shit already on their goddamn on your timeline. It, it's so thirsty. That that's so thirst for attention. That's what that screams to me. Pick me, pick me. Say something on my comment. Say something on my post. If it deems a reaction from me, I will comment. I will see it. I will comment. I will haha face it. I will sad face it. I will meme face it. I will thumbs up it if it warrants that. Don't like codge me into saying something about your post. Like if it's not reaction worthy, non comment worthy, like I'm not going to comment on this shit. You got to earn my reactions. You got to earn my comments. Because if you tag me, and it's a bullshit-ass, regular, schmegular, diggler, got nothing to do with fucking Adam Post. Uh, yeah, I'm just not going to say shit about it. Yeah, so there's that. SummerSlam is tonight, and I guess I'm going to watch it. I haven't watched present-day wrestling since, I guess, WrestleMania? Uh, because the product just fucking sucks. I know it, you know it, everyone fucking knows it. And, I, I, you know what, I, I'm going to watch SummerSlam. Uh, it was always one of my favorite pay-per-views. It's one of the staple pay-per-views of WWF slash E. Uh, it, it all started with WrestleMania, of course, and then SummerSlam, I believe, was the second one. Then came Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble. And I, I'll, I'll watch it today uh, because I'm a glutton for punishment and I'm a Virgo, 36 for the time being. I like long walks on the beach, and I wipe my own ass. So anyways, uh, the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford are going to be facing Andrade and Angel Garza for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. Drew McIntyre is facing Randy Orton for the singles match, uh, in a singles match for WWE Championship. Apollo's Crews versus MVP. MVP's back, I guess. Uh, and he, they're in a singles match for the United States Championship. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Shelton Benjamin are banned from ringside. I, I don't even know what the backstory is on that. I'm sure it's some fucking, like, comic cartoonish bullshit. Anywho... Dominic Mysterio, and I'm sick of seeing Dominic Mysterio uh, accompanied with his father, Rey Mysterio, versus Seth Rollins in a street fight. And I, I've seen Dominic Mysterio. Uh, I don't see any athleticism at all. I don't know why he's still being brought up in relevant storylines. Uh, I guess maybe because his father is the legendary Rey Mysterio. Uh, but it, it, who the what the fuck does that have to do with Dominic, man? Get him the fuck out of here, man. Uh, put somebody in there who actually can do some good matches. Just look at this kid, man. They, they look like they picked this kid out of a junior high uh, class lineup. Sasha Banks versus uh, Asuka versus for the uh, WWE Raw Women's Championship. 
uh, Bailey versus Asuka for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Braun Strowman versus The Fiend. Falls Count Anywhere match uh, in the for the WWE Universal Championship. And Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville and no disqualification, loser leaves WWE match. How about we all leave WWE after this goddamn pay-per-view? How about that fly shit? Uh, because it, any any of us, myself included, who's going to watch this pay-per-view tonight, I, I think we're all considered fucking losers. Uh, there's nothing more constructive to do with our time. I mean, I, I know I have a podcast, but I, I'm doing this in the morning. So uh, it's something to occupy my time. There's the playoffs. Playoffs? What playoff games do we have? So, Boston, they play the 76ers. They're up three zip. Looks like it's sweeping time. Got the Los Angeles Clippers with the last man of cornrows. Going up against the Dallas Mavericks. The Clippers are up 2 1. You got the Raptors, uh, three up 3-0 on the Nets and looks like it's sweeping time you got the Utah Jazz up 2-1 against the Nuggets following uh that, that'll be the final game of the evening so all of that shit is irrelevant because the only team that matters is those LeBron Anthony Lakers that's right Los Angeles the LA Lakers are now the LeBron Anthony Lakers. And that is the only team that matters right now because we are on path and we're on schedule for ring number four for LeBron Raymond James. Now on to NFL news. The Baltimore Ravens release Earl Thomas and apparently he was being a douchebag asshole so who loves signing douchebag asshole football players uncle jerry jones that's who welcome to cowboy nation earl thomas uh they have been uh cited as being the the top uh pursuer of earl thomas and his talents so yeah we have a laundry list a history of signing problematic, dramatic divas to the Dallas Cowboys. And soon enough, uh, looking forward to Earl Thomas putting that star on his helmet. Come on down. Go Cowboys. Now, who's listened to this Nas album? King's Disease. It's great. It's nostalgic. It's produced by Hit Boy, a younger guy who grew up listening to Nas, who appreciates the the poeticisms of Nasir Jones. And there's there's a really good song, that, like there's a couple dope tracks on there. Uh, he's got uh, guest appearances with ASAP Ferg and The Firm, just to name a few, like Firm with AZ and Foxy Brown, and even Dr. Dre has a little cameo on the album. Um, is it my favorite Nas album? It's it's up there. Um, it's up there with Illmatic, Stillmatic, Untitled. It was written. It's somewhere in there. 
but the verdict is still out. It's still, it's fresh. It's fresh. I really do like the song he did with The Firm, though. King's Disease. If you're a hip-hop fan, it's worth listening, but you don't have to take my word for it. Sports history on August 23rd, 1933, the first televised boxing matches aired. Six-round exhibition at Broadcasting House in London between middleweights Archie Sexton and Laurie Rattieri. It's aired on BBC TV. 1942, Walter Johnson pitches to Babe Ruth in a pregame attraction that draws 69000 for a New York-Washington game. It raises $80,000 for the Army-Navy relief. 1947, the first Baseball Little League World Series is held in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. The Maynard Midgets beat the Lockhaven All-Stars 16-7. In 1968, the Yankees and the Tigers end their game at a 3-3 tie in 19 innings due to a 1 a.m. curfew. In 1970, Roberto Clemente records his second straight five-hit game. In 1980, Charles O'Finley sells Oakland A's MLB franchise for $12.7 million to Walter Haas Jr., the owner and CEO of Levi Strauss. In 1982, Seattle Mariner pitcher Gaylord Perry ejected for throwing a spitter. 1985, Paul Hornig awarded $1,160,000 by a Louisville court against NCAA who barred him as a college football analyst for betting on games. 1988, Mike Tyson and Mitch Green brawl at 4 a.m. in Harlem. 1989, Los Angeles Dodgers beat the Montreal Expos one zip in 22 innings off of a Rick Dempsey home run. 1992, Dennis Eckersley, who previously set record for most consecutive saves, is the first pitcher to record 40 saves in four different seasons. In 1993, Fred McGriff and David Justice are sixth to hit back-to-back home runs twice in the same game. In 2008, the star-studded American women's basketball team led by the likes of Lisa Leslie, Sue Bird, and Diana Taurasi win the gold medal at the Beijing Olympics with a convincing 92-65 win over Australia. That was my half-assed sports report. When we come back, we're going to talk about why Moesha Mitchell is such a bad person. But I do love Brandy Norwood. We'll be black after these messages. And in today's birthdays, American rapper and singer Lil Yachty turns 23. American basketball player and brother of Steph, Seth Curry, he turns 30. American basketball player Jeremy Lin is 32 today. Retired American football player Rex Grossman is 40. Former spokesperson for chain restaurant Subway, Jared Fogle is 43. American basketball player Pat Garrity is 44 today. American actor, producer, and screenwriter Jay Moore turns 50. Also 50 is American basketball player and coach Lawrence Frank. American journalist and author Jeremy Shop turns 51 today. Dutch-American basketball player Duncan Dutchman, Rick Smith turns 54. Dominican baseball player and manager Julio Franco turns 62 today. Australian-American singer, songwriter, guitarist, and actor Rick Springfield turns 71 today. Also 71 is American actress Shelley Long. (laughs) 
it's me, Coitus, of good old Coitus and Shoes for Little Feet, where we specialize in shoes for little feet. We got white shoes, black shoes, brown shoes, purple shoes, green shoes, red shoes, purple shoes for little feet, cowboy boots for little feet, house shoes for little feet, Crocs for little feet. If you're a grown-ass man with little feet, this is the store for you. So come on down to good old Coitus's Shoes for Little Feet. That's right, good old Coitus's Shoes for Little Feet. On the next episode of Booty and Fight in Atlanta, this bitch pours a drink on that hoe when she finds out they're fucking the same nigga. Tune in to VH1's Booty and Fight in Atlanta, a show filled with cattiness, rattiness, fake tits, fake boobs, wigs, weaves, and most importantly, niggas. VH1's Booty and Fight in Atlanta. And a special mention to those no longer with us. This past Tuesday, we lost Jack Sherman, who was an American guitarist, best known as the second guitarist to have joined the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Born Jack Sherman on January 18, 1956, in Miami, Florida, he played on their debut album and co-wrote much of their second album, Freaky Styley. He also collaborated with Bob Dylan, George Clinton, Virgil Sharkey, and Peter Case. He joined the Chili Peppers in December 1983, replacing their founding member, Hillel Slovak. Sherman would remain with the band for their first tour in 1984 to support the release of the first album, The Red Hot Chili Peppers. This turned out to be the only album in which he would act as guitarist. He co-composed material on the debut album as well as several songs on the follow-up record Freaky Styley. However, Slovak requested to return to the band in early 1985, leading to Sherman being fired before recording on the latter album commenced. In spite of this, he later provided the backing vocals to the band's albums Mother's Milk and the Abbey Road EP. The Red Hot Chili Peppers were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2012. However, neither Sherman nor guitarist Dave Navarro, who had each played guitar on one of the band's albums, were inducted. Sherman blamed the band members for a mission, saying it ignored the work that they had put in having soldiered under arduous conditions. Anthony Kiedis, the lead vocalist of Red Hot Chili Peppers, wrote in his autobiography that the band understood that its relationship with Sherman to be transient because he did not possess a punk rock pedigree. However, he acknowledged the important part Sherman played in keeping the band afloat. Sherman died on August 18, 2020 at the age of 64. The cause of death has yet to be determined. The Chili Peppers on August 21st released a statement on Sherman's passing saying, we of Red Hot Chili Peppers family would like to wish Jack Sherman smooth sailing into the worlds beyond, for he has passed. Jack played on our debut album, as well as on our first tour of the USA. He was a unique dude, and we thank him for all times good, bad, and in between. Peace on the boogie platform. Kobe Bryant was an American professional basketball player. Born Kobe Bean Bryant on August 23, 1978 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, he was a shooting guard who spent his entire career with the Los Angeles Lakers in the NBA. Regarded as one of the greatest players of all time, Bryant won five NBA championships and was an 18-time All-Star, a 15-time member of the All-NBA team, a 12-time member of the All-Defensive team, a 2008 NBA Most, Vi Most Valuable Player, and a two-time NBA Finals MVP. Bryant also led the NBA in scoring twice and ranks fourth on the league's all-time regular season scoring and all-time postseason scoring list.
At 9.06 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on January 26, 2020, a Sikorsky S-76 helicopter departed from John Wayne Airport in Orange County, California, with nine people aboard. Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, six family friends, and the pilot. The helicopter was registered to the Fillmore Base Island Express Holding Corporation, according to the California Secretary of State Business Database. The group was traveling to Camarillo Airport in Ventura County for a basketball game at Mamba Sports Academy in Thousand Oaks. Due to light rain and fog that morning, the Los Angeles Police Department helicopters and most other air traffic were grounded. The flight trackers show that the helicopter circled above the LA Zoo due to heavy air traffic in the area. At 9.30 a.m., the pilot contacted the Burbank Airport control tower, notifying the tower of the situation and was told he was flying too low to be tracked by radar. At that time, the helicopter experienced extreme fog and turned south towards the mountains. At 9.40 a.m., the helicopter climbed rapidly from 1,200 to 2,000 feet, flying at 161 knots. At 9.45 a.m., the helicopter crashed into the side of a mountain in Calabasas, about 30 miles northwest of downtown Los Angeles, and began burning. Bryant, his daughter, and other seven occupants were killed. Initial reports indicated that the helicopter crashed in the hills above Calabasas in heavy fog. Witnesses reported hearing a helicopter struggling before crashing. The cause of the crash is still unknown, as the helicopter was not equipped with a black box. The Federal Aviation Administration, National Transportation Safety Board, and the FBI have launched investigations into the crash. On January 28th, Bryant's identity was officially confirmed using fingerprints. The following day, the Los Angeles County Department of Medical Examiner Coroner stated that the official cause of death for him and the eight others on the helicopter was blunt force trauma. Kobe was 41. River Phoenix was an American actor, musician, and rainforest, global warming, and animal rights activist. Born River Jude Phoenix on August 23, 1970 in Madras, Oregon, he grew up in an itinerant family as older brother of Rain Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix, Liberty Phoenix, and Summer Phoenix. He had no formal schooling, but showed an instinctive talent for the guitar. He began his acting career at age 10 in television commercials. He starred in the science fiction adventure film Explorers in 1985 and had his first notable role in 1986's Stand By Me, a coming-of-age film based on the novella The Body by Stephen King. Phoenix made a transition into more adult-oriented roles with Running on Empty in 1988, playing Danny Pope, the son of fugitive parents, in a well-received performance that earned him a nomination for Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor, and My Own Private Idaho, 1991, playing a gay hustler, Michael Waters, in search of his estranged mother. For his performance in the latter, Phoenix garnered enormous praise and won a Volpe Cup for Best Actor at the Venice Film Festival, along with Best Actor from the National Society of Film Critics. In late October 1993, Phoenix had returned to Los Angeles, only there for one day after flying back from one week in New Mexico, and before that, six to seven weeks in Utah, to complete the three weeks of interior shots left on his last project, Dark Blood, a film that was finally completed in 2012. Musician and future drug counselor Bob Forrest, a good friend of Phoenix, in his 2013 memoir, Running with Monsters, gave one of the most detailed accounts of Phoenix's final days and the moments leading up to his death. On the evening of October 30, 1993, Phoenix was to perform with the band P, which featured his good friends Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, actor Johnny Depp, 
Gibby Haynes of the Butthole Surfers, along with Al Jurgensen of Ministry at the Viper Room, a Hollywood nightclub partly owned at the time by Depp. Forrest claims that Phoenix and Frushanti arrived at the club together, where they would meet up with Phoenix's girlfriend, Samantha Mathis, Phoenix's brother, Joaquin, and their sister, Rain, along with Flea and Depp. After arriving, cocaine was immediately passed around. Forrest later said that Phoenix was obviously already high and was, as he put it, unsteady as a boxer who had taken one too many headshots during a 15-round bout. During a performance by P, Forrest said that Phoenix tapped him on the shoulder to tell him he was not feeling well and that he thought he had overdosed. Forrest said to Phoenix that he didn't think that he was overdosing because he could stand and talk. Nonetheless, he offered to take Phoenix home, but Phoenix declined, saying he was feeling better. A few moments later, Forrest said that a commotion erupted in the club and he went outside to find Mathis screaming as her boyfriend was lying on the sidewalk having convulsions. Joaquin called 911 but was unable to determine whether Phoenix was breathing. His sister Rain proceeded to give him mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. When the ambulance arrived, Phoenix was still alive and Flea went with them to Cedar sinai Hospital. When Forrest arrived at the hospital, he saw Mathis standing in the hallway crying. Further attempts to resuscitate Phoenix at the hospital were unsuccessful. He was pronounced dead at 1.51 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the morning of October 31, 1993, at the age of 23. Keith Moon was an English drummer for the rock band The Who. Born Keith John Moon on August 23, 1946, in Wembley, Middlesex, England, he was noted for his unique style and his eccentric, often self-destructive behavior. Moon grew up in Alperton, a suburb of Wembley in Middlesex, and took up the drums during the early 1960s. After playing with the local band The Beachcombers, he joined The Who in 1964, before they recorded their first single. He remained with the band during their rise to fame and was quickly recognized for his drumming style, which emphasized tom-toms, cymbal crashes, and drum fills. Throughout Moon's tenure with The Who, his drum kit steadily grew in size. He had been credited as one of the earliest rock drummers to regularly employ double bass drums in his setup. Moon occasionally collaborated with other musicians and later appeared in films, but considered playing in The Who his primary occupation and remained a member of the band until his death. In addition to his talent as a drummer, however, Moon developed a reputation for smashing his kit on stage and destroying hotel rooms on tour. He was fascinated by blowing up toilets with cherry bombs or dynamite and by destroying television sets. Moon enjoyed touring and socializing and became bored and restless when The Who were inactive. His 21st birthday party in Flint, Michigan has been cited as a notorious example of decent, decadent behavior by rock groups. Moon suffered a number of setbacks during the 1970s, most notably the accidental death of chauffeur Neil Bolin and the breakdown of his marriage. He became addicted to alcohol, particularly brandy and champagne, and acquired a reputation for decadence and dark humor. His nickname was Moon the Loon. After moving to Los Angeles with personal assistant Peter Butler during the mid-1970s, Moon recorded his only solo album, the poorly received Two Sides of the Moon. While touring with The Who on several occasions, he passed out on stage and was hospitalized. By the time of their final tour with him in 1976, and particularly during the production of The Kids Are Alright and Who Are You, the drummer's deterioration was evident. In mid-1978, Moon moved into a flat in Shepherd Market, Mayfair, London, renting from Harry Nilsson. Cass Elliott of the Mamas and Papas had died there four years earlier at the age of 32. Nilsson was concerned about letting the flat to Moon, believing it was cursed. Townsend disagreed, assuring him that lightning wouldn't strike the same place twice. 
After moving in, Moon began a prescribed course of hemineverin to alleviate his alcohol withdrawal symptoms. He wanted to get sober, but due to his fear of psychiatric hospitals, he wanted to do it at home. The prescription is discouraged for unsupervised intoxication because of its addictive potential, its tendency to induce tolerance, and its risk of death when mixed with alcohol. The pills were prescribed by Jeffrey Diamond, a physician who was unaware of Moon's lifestyle. Diamond prescribed a bottle of 100 pills, instructing him to take one pill when he felt the craving for alcohol, but not more than three pills per day. By September 1978, Moon was having difficulty playing the drums, according to roadie Dave Langston. After seeing Moon in the studio trying to overdub drums for The Kids Are Alright, he said after two or three hours, he got more and more sluggish. He could barely hold a drumstick. On September 6, Moon and Walter Lax were guests of Paul and Linda McCartney at a preview of a film, The Buddy Holly Story. After dining with the McCartneys at Peppermint Park and Covenant Garden, Moon and Walter Lax returned to their flat. He watched the film and asked Walter Lax to cook him steak and eggs. When she objected, Moon replied, if you don't like it, you can fuck off. These were his last words. Moon then took 32 of the tablets. When Walter Lax checked on him, the following afternoon, she discovered he was dead. Keith Moon was 32 at the time of his death. Rest easy, y'all. So Netflix brought the show Moesha into the fold and I watched the whole series from beginning to end all within one week because clearly I have that kind of fucking time, but it's a great show and it, I believe it stands the test of time. It's a solid series, great acting, even the supporting players did a well job. Okay, uh, from Brandy herself playing the, the namesake character, Moesha Mitchell, her father, Frank Mitchell, played by William Allen Young, uh, Moesha's stepmother, played by the lovely Cheryl Lee Ralph, D. Mitchell, uh, her younger brother, Miles Mitchell, played by Marcus T. Polk. Remember him from the Martin episode? Can I keep my barbershop name, Martin? One of her best friends, Kimberly Ann Parker, by the multifaceted. It's played by the multifaceted, multi-talented Countess Vaughn. Let's give her her flowers while she's here, y'all. Yeah. And Hakeem Mitchell, her platonic male friend, who I don't think has seen her tits throughout the course of the series. Uh, they were getting serious, though, uh, to the point where he proposed to her and we were left with a hang uh, cliffhanger. Uh, and Del Wilkerson played by the late, great Yvette Wilson. She owned the Den, which was the local teen hangout. Uh, Nisi Jackson uh, played by Char Jackson, who was Moesha's other girlfriend. And Q, Quentin Q. Brooks, played by Friedrich Star of Onyx, Slam, da-da-da, da-da-da, her on-again, off-again boyfriend, who apparently had a record deal waiting for him right after high school. You know, don't you love how that works out? You know? Moesha. Let's focus on Moesha, though. Uh, I, I don't like Moesha, and I get it. It's her show, uh, hence the name of the show, Moesha. Uh, Mo to the, E to the, I get it. It's all that. Yeah, you're supposed to be the antagonist, but I can't follow you as the fucking... I, no, you're you're probably the least you're my least favorite character on the show and it's your show Moesha because when I watch Moesha now at the age of 36, you know who you remind me Moesha? You know who you remind me of? 
when I'm watching your show, Moesha, I get a lot of Laura Winslow vibes from you, Moesha. And ironically, coincidentally, the actress who played Laura Winslow, Kelly Cheyenne, Cheyenne Williams, Cheyenne, Kelly Cheyenne Williams. Yeah, her. She would pop up. She would make cameos as D Mitchell, as, as Moesha's stepmom's niece. And lo and behold, Kelly Cheyenne's character and Moesha, they would click. They would create a bond. And of course, y'all would create a bond. Of course, you guys would click. Of course, you guys would be instant buddies and pals, right? Because you're both toxic broads. I'm not going to say the actual B word, but I will say that y'all are some toxic, unstable creatures. Moesha, you got a good dad. You got a good dad. He's a black dad, and it's the 90s, and my black friends in the 90s were looking for theirs. Meanwhile, you had one in your house. So you had a pretty good male figure to fucking learn from and to learn how to pick your mates. But yet you wanted to be stuck to the bad boys like you ain't had no daddy in your life. Like you ain't never got no hugs from your father. You want to be stuck on cue. Meanwhile, you got your next door neighbor right next door to you. Hakeem, who loves your dirty draws, woman. He would do whatever he could for you. He had your back. He was a rider. Hakeem had to take the back, had, had to take the back seat. What's up with that? I've always heard the best relationships are the ones who start off as friends. And Hakeem knew you since grade school, child. But you so in love with Q, hey, shorty, hey, shorty, so you gonna come with me on tour overseas, yo, so we gonna hit up London, yo, we hitting up Paris, you gonna, you gonna be my manager over the summer, yo, shorty, yo, I, I'm not gonna ask you again, uh, okay, Q, y'all deserve each other, I don't like you, Moesha, you're the worst, you don't deserve love, just like Laura Winslow doesn't deserve love, I kinda wish Stephen Q just kicked her to the side and stayed with Myra, I wish Hakeem just did away with you, just ignored you, even though you guys were next door neighbors. I just wish he would have saw that Kim was the one with, she, Kim was the one for him. And I just wish he just did away with your ass, ignored your phone calls, ignored your texts. Or then again, I, this was the 90s, early 2000s, so text wasn't going on. I, I, I wish he ignored your pages and your beeps, okay? And just got it in with Kim, and then the rest is history. Kim and Hakeem live happily ever after. Moesha is uh, following around some thug trying to make it in the industry. I do like Fredro Starr, though. We're talking about the characters. I do like Moesha. I, I, no, fuck. I'm talking about Bra uh, Moesha. I do like Brandy. I do like Brandy, but fuck Moesha. I do like Fredro Starr, but fuck Quentin. Okay? You're not a good friend, Moesha. That's another thing. When you and Kim went out for the cheerleading competition, Kim made the team. You didn't. So what did you do? Instead of being a supporting good friend, you tried to, you tried to undermine cheerleading in general and saying, oh, this is so beneath me. Oh my God, you guys are so stupid. You're sluts. What are you doing? I, I, I can use my mind. I don't need to shake my rump for some stupid jocks. Yeah, because that's the kind of move she's on. That's the kind of time Moesha's on. She's on that bullshit. Kim would have been there for you. She would have been supporting you. She would have been your biggest cheerleader. She always has been. But yet, 
I don't know why. Because you always throw fat jokes her way. You don't think she deserves love because she's a heavy set. And in my opinion, Kim was pretty fly. Kim was thick. She had a sense of humor. And she was cool. She knew how to dance. She knew how to sing. Kim is my kind of girl. Fuck Moesha, though, with her big forehead. Remember when I talked about Laura Winslow and I said all girls in the 90s who were stuck up had big foreheads? Exhibit A, Moesha fucking Mitchell. And I'm glad Kim got her fucking spinoff show, The Parkers, because it was just as good, if not better, than Moesha. And Countess Vaughn, her absence was felt in seasons five and six when she went on and did her thing. They had real-life beef, you know. Brandy and Countess Vaughn, they had real-life beef behind the scenes. Brandy thought that Kim was, or Countess was trying to steal her shine. No, Countess Vaughn was just doing her thing. Step your fucking game up, baby. This is fucking Hollywood. This show business, baby. Lights, camera, action. And I feel like Brandy felt like Countess Vaughn was a threat. Hence the rift, hence the beef. But in my opinion, the people's champ of that show was Kim Parker. Kim Parker and Hakeem, they were what kept that show popping. They were what kept that show afloat. And that's not to undermine the the other great uh actors and professional professional actors uh the guy who played the father frank mitchell uh bernie mack who played uncle who played uncle bernie and the late ricky harris who played jw uh the love interest of andale yvette wilson the lovely cheryl ralph and marcus polk everybody did their thing it was a great show but i'm giving the edge to countess vaughn and my brother Lamont Bentley, rest your soul. Fuck you, Moesha. You weren't a good friend. You were a bratty daughter. You had a good dad. He just wanted to see you do right. He wanted to see you leaving those knuckleheaded niggas alone. He wanted to see you get a good man, just like him. Self-made, self-sufficient. Doing it the legit way. Had his own fucking car dealership. And are we looking, overlooking the fact that you had a dad? I know you lost your mom at a young age, but you got your dad. What about the kids? What about the daughters who didn't have either parent? At least you had your dad who just wanted to see you be great. And you had a fucking fine ass stepmom and Cheryl Lee Ralph. Give D some love, everybody. Give D some motherfucking love. Yes, and she was very patient with you, Moesha. She tried. She did not try to replace your mom. She just wanted to be, she just wanted to fit in. She wanted to be a part of the family, and you just cold-shouldered her the fuck out, man. Now, you're just not going to keep doing this to Cheryl Lee Ralph. You're not just going to keep doing this to Dee Mitchell, and that's why she had to tell your ass a couple times, like, look, this is my house too, girl. And you're not a good sister. You weren't a good sister to Miles. You neglected him so much. You just left him hanging. You didn't want to hang out. You'd rather hang out with your friends all the time, every time, and talk about boys and what you did the yesterday and today and which boy likes you this episode. Wee, wee, wee. That's why he smoked weed in that one episode. He smoked that joint. Everybody thought it was you because they smelled it and they saw the little joint remnants and shit. 
end up being Miles because he didn't get enough attention. Everybody's so focused on Moesha. You got you got D and Frank all caught up in your shit to the point where they forgot they had another kid in the fucking house. And you're so caught up in your own shit and your own world with your Q and your fucking friends and your Quentin. Oh my God, Quentin. That you forgot you had a little brother. You know what? All that matters is you. It's not about anybody else, Moesha, right? This world revolves around you because, I mean, it is your show. I'm glad I'm over with this show. I can't wait for the Parkers to come to Netflix, I'll tell you that, because fuck Moesha Mitchell. Hashtag Kim Parker. Team Kim. Give Countess Vaughn her flowers while she here. God damn it. Put all that in the hashtag. Entertainment history. In 1968, Ringo Starr temporarily quits the Beatles over a disagreement. In 1974, John Lennon reports seeing a UFO in New York City. In 1988, Jane's Addiction releases their album Nothing Shocking. In 1994, Public Enemy releases Muse Sick and Hour Mess Age. Anita Baker releases Rhythm of Love. And the Natural Born Killer soundtrack is released, produced by Trent Reznor. In 1995, actor Larry Hagman receives a liver transplant. In 2011, Game releases the Red Album. In 2015, Wiz Khalifa is arrested at LAX in Los Angeles, California for riding a personal hoverboard within the airport. And in 2019, Jeezy releases TM-104, The Legend of the Snowman. Missy Elliott releases Iconology. Obi Trice releases The Fifth. Rhapsody releases Eve. And Trey the Truth releases Excel. So that wraps up another edition of Over the Culture Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you all have a wonderful Sunday, unless your name is Moesha Mitchell or Marnie. Amen. Happy birthday, Kobe Bean. We love you and miss you, man. Ohio.